Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you have tuned in with us today. We pray that you've had a wonderful week and that God has truly blessed you and you're looking forward to this beautiful week that God is uh, presenting ahead of us. Um, I, I do want to take a moment to reiterate what um, Brother Don had mentioned about the prayer gathering to this evening in Fairmont. We will be gathering to prayer. We're going to, we're calling Fairmont to prayer with everything that's going on in our land today, with everything that's going on in our communities today. It, we do need to come together as one town, praying for one another, seeking God's face. So if you can this evening, join us at seven o'clock at the park here in the town of Fairmont. And we pray that God blesses the event. Now, as you're turning in your Bibles to chapter 4 in the book of Acts, verses 13 through 22, we want to focus our attention on our undeniable Savior. Our undeniable Savior. You know, most of us here have heard, as it relates to children, mama's baby, daddy's maybe. Now, while this is often shared with a laugh, at first glance, when you were looking at a child and that child's parents, we can see that this may just ring true, <laughs> that it's definitely mama's child. It Maybe it is dad's, but we can see definitely, or it's definitely dad's child, and maybe it is mom's child, but, but we know if, if mom gave birth, it's definitely hers. Well, if you've ever seen my wife and you've seen my daughter, you, you see such a resemblance that there's no denying that she is her mother. And you may even think, well, that's mama's baby, uh, daddy's maybe. But if you know me and if you have the privilege to spend time with my daughter and get to see her or, or you get to hear her respond or react in certain situations, You'll quickly say, that's Hilton's daughter. While my daughter doesn't look a thing like me, it, can't, it cannot be denied that she belongs to me. And in today's passage, as we look in this, in this chapter or in these verses, we want to notice three things that cannot be denied concerning our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us, beginning in verse 13 in chapter 4 in the book of Acts, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go inside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. 
But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot speak, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man who was over 40 years old, on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. This is God's holy word. Pray with us, would you? God, we do thank you this day. Thank you for your word that rings true in our hearts and our minds. God, help us this day to glorify you in all that is said and done. Help us to magnify your son. And God, we pray that, that you'll be honored in everything that we, we attempt to do. Now, God, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you'd speak to the hearts of those who, who don't know you for the forgiveness of sin, who don't have a relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. We pray that this day that they would see their need for a savior and they'd call out to you, what must I do to be saved? God, we know that you are faithful and just to forgive them of their sins and cleanse them from all unrighteousness and give them a new life. So now, God, we're, we're going to look to you and depend upon you for the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Upon looking at this text, we noticed that the Jews were upset by what they had seen and heard. The religious leaders of the Jews were upset by what they had seen and heard. They were upset that a miracle everyone observed uh, to happen was unexplainable by them. They were upset because they were not involved in the miracle, nor were they even present when the miracle took place. And then, not only that, to... Uh, hearing the preaching of Peter and John centering around the name of Jesus and 5,000 men, not including women and children, believing and receiving Jesus, a man whom they had watched die before their very eyes. Oh, yes, these religious leaders were highly upset. So, as a result, they took Peter and John. They threatened them in order to prevent them from preaching Jesus any longer. While the Jews may have hated Peter and John and the message they preached, there were, there were some things that they just couldn't deny in their message. Now we're living in a day and an hour where so, those who, are, who oppose the name of Jesus would love nothing more than to be able to silence us and our message. But they don't just want us to be quiet. Instead, they want us, they won't be happy until we're doing just like them, until we're opposing Jesus. You know, I've said before that misery loves company. And they won't be happy till we're marching toward hell with them. Now, make no mistake, this world hates us because we stand with Jesus. And that just cannot be denied. But as we look in this passage, we begin to see the text shares 
some undeniable things concerning our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And first thing we notice is the presence of Jesus Christ cannot be denied. In verse 13, we see this. Uh, we're, we're Peter and John, they spoke and it gave evidence that when they spoke that they had been in the presence of God or in the presence of Jesus. If you look there in verse 13, the Bible says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. In other words, they, they understood and they recognized that these, these two men, Peter and John had been in the presence of our Lord and Savior. When they spoke, they spoke with boldness. And what, what Luke is saying as he's writing this, he's telling us that they, they spoke as someone who was speaking their mind. And they're speaking their mind with no regard to what others would think. And when it comes to speaking this kind of boldness concerning Jesus, it's a result of us spending time with him, whether in his word or in prayer or in both. Some of you may be thinking though, it's not always a good idea to speak our minds and you'd be right. There are some things that come to our minds that need to stay in our minds. Because of people speaking their minds, many have lost jobs. Many have lost promotions and raises. Many have lost opportunities. And many have even lost relationships. It's when we speak our minds with no regard to others in the flesh that we can do a lot of harm. But when we've spent time with Jesus, when he is our shepherd, we will know his voice and when his voice is leading us, we can speak with boldness. We, we won't have to water down what he has for us to say. We won't have to sugarcoat anything that he's leading us to say. We won't have to play nice for the sake of people's feelings when he's leading us to speak. Truth is, it's highly likely those who are listening need someone to boldly share the gospel so that they will not spend an eternity in hell. These leaders here also, they recognize that Peter and John had been in the presence of Jesus and the power of, of their speech, it made it very evident. They recognized that these men were unlearned. And many suggest that what this means is that they were illiterate, but I'm not so sure that's what it means. Instead, it, it, it appears that it suggests that Peter and John were unskilled in the art of preaching and teaching. It suggests that they had no formal training in the scriptures. And, but however, without the formal training, with their bold, they boldly and they powerfully shared the truth just as Jesus had shared the truth. You know, Luke's gospel tells us in, in, his, in chapter 2, verses 41 through 50, it tells us of when Jesus was 12 years old, during the feast of the Passover, he came with his family to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. He, and, and when the Passover was over, Mary and Joseph headed back home. And as they got outside of Jerusalem, they weren't even aware that Jesus wasn't with them. They'd went a, a day's journey thinking that he was with their relatives, but he wasn't there. As a matter of fact, three days later, they found him 
and teaching in the temple. And when they, and all that heard Jesus, this 12 year old boy was astonished. They, he had been with his heavenly father so much that the boldness and the power that he, he taught with as a 12 year old, it astonished everyone who heard him teach the truth of the scriptures. As a matter of fact, Luke 2 and 52 says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in the favor with God and men. If you want to, to increase in wisdom, if you want to increase in favor with God and with man, then spend time with God in his word, in his presence in prayer. Let his word fill your heart and your minds. Let his word control your lives and you'll find favor with God and for those who know God. You know, this should be encouraging to us because it implies that God's not necessarily looking for trained men. Instead, he's looking to train us through the power of his Holy Spirit. This comes from spending time with Jesus. When it comes to preaching and teaching God's word, what Bible college or, or what divinity school or what seminary you may have attended, or even if you haven't attended any of those, that's not what makes the biggest difference. The biggest difference upon those who are preaching or proclaiming and teaching the gospel it's the fact that they've been in the presence of God. It's the anointing of God upon our lives. You know, I've said in Robinson County and our surrounding counties, you'll find some of the best preaching in the world. And it's not because there's a great number of men who's been uh, trained in theology, but it's because we have men who, and we've had women who have spent time and who are spending time with Jesus. And his anointing is upon their life. And that's what's making the difference. Spending time in the presence of Jesus is undeniable. These two Hebrew fishermen had spent time in the presence of Jesus and it could not be denied. When we look in this passage, we also notice that the power of Jesus cannot be denied. Here in this setting, we have this man who had been lame from the womb. There was no doubt that a miracle had taken place. This man had laid daily at the gate and and he had been seen by many on many different occasions. And now this same man was walking and running and leaping. And this man worshiped and he praised God the only way he knew how. He experienced the power of the Lord and he praised the Lord by doing what he couldn't do before the Lord done this miracle in his life. Here, this man's healing it just could not be denied. His praise would not be denied. Even the so-called religious leaders, they agreed. If we look there in verse 16, they said, what shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. 
Folks, when the power of Jesus shows up, there's no denying it. Out of all the listed miracles that Jesus performed, we can find in the Gospels that he turned water into wine. He healed the son of a nobleman in Capernaum. He fed a multitude with two fish and five loaves of bread. He healed Peter's mother-in-law by by touching the hem of his garment. A woman who had been sick for 12 years with an issue of blood was now made whole. He gave sight to the blind. He made, he made the lame to walk. He made the dumb to talk. He made the dead to rise up and walk. The power of Jesus cannot be denied. And this, thing, this still rings true for you and I. For those of us who have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, his Holy Spirit has been made alive within us. And for we were dead in the trespass of our sins. We, and we've now been made alive so that we shouldn't walk like a dead man. We shouldn't talk like a dead man. We shouldn't live like a dead man. For we, through the power of Jesus Christ, has received the miracle of new life. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 10, the Bible says this, And you, he made alive, who were dead in the trespass and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Among you also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and, and of the mind, and where by nature children are wrapped just as others. But God, oh, I love those two words. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any, anyone one should boast for we were we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them the power of God changes lives in a way when the world looks at us they don't see who we used to be but they see who we've become and his power cannot be denied. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And this man, who had been lame from the womb, had truly become a new creation. He was no longer the same, thanks to the power of Jesus that cannot be denied. I want to ask you, has anybody lately... Has anybody lately that you've come in contact with asked you, are you saved? Have they approached you and said, you must be a Christian? Has the power of God changed your life to where people who are lost and looking for a way to the, the God, have they approached you to, the, to identify you as a believer of Jesus Christ? If they have, when they do this, it's so that you will share the gospel, share the power of God with them so that they will know what you have come to know. Yes, the power of Jesus. It's not our power, but it's his power that cannot 
be denied. Listen, when we've been in the presence of Jesus, it cannot be denied. When Jesus has poured his power upon us, it cannot be denied. And the preaching of Jesus Christ cannot be denied. All the commotion that led to this day in the scriptures was due to the message that was preached. The influence and presence of Jesus in Peter and John's lives, they could not be denied. The miracle done by the power of Jesus, it could not be denied. But the religious leaders were determined to deny the preaching of Jesus Christ. Peter and John were arrested because of the preaching of Jesus Christ. They were on trial because of the preaching of Jesus Christ. And now they're commanded and threatened not to preach Jesus Christ. But Peter shares in verse 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. One preacher said the miracle is precious, but everything hinges on the message. Paul later declared in 1 Corinthians 9 and 16, for if, if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Apart from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, we will never know true love. For the gospel of Jesus Christ tells us in John 3, 16 that God so loved us that he sent his only begotten son into this sin-cursed world to live and to die so that we who would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. We can't know this kind of love apart from the gospel. Apart from the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we'll never know forgiveness. For Jesus poured out, he shed his blood for the remission of sin. What do I mean? He shed his blood for the removal, for the forgiveness of sin. Matthew 28, 26 and 28 says, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which was shed for many for the remission of sin. Ephesians 1 and 7 says, In him I have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. If we don't preach the gospel, if we don't preach that his blood was shared, how can anyone know that there's forgiveness of their sin? Apart from the preaching of the gospel, we will never know eternal life. People are leaving this world and they're thinking that that's just the end of it, that they're buried and that's it. But there's another life ahead and the Bible declares it. We must preach the gospel through Jesus. Though, though Jesus was nailed to a old rugged cross, though he shed his blood, though he gave his life and was buried, that's not the end of the story. On the third day, he rose from the grave. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And now he gives us hope that we who have received him as our Lord and Savior, we too will rise up into a new life. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 50 through 57. The Bible says, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. 
Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, the twinkling of an eye had the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible has put on incorruption and the mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives, who gives, who gives us victory. Through Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Folks, (laughs) apart from the preaching of the gospel, we'll never know that there's eternal life for us who will believe. We must preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 10 and 14 says, How? Shall they call on him who they have not believed? How shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know who the preacher is? Every born again believer. We are commanded and commissioned to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in this lost and dying world. And I... I am not ashamed of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ for just as the gospel of Jesus Christ made this man who had been lame from the womb whole, he changed my life and made me whole too. Just like the beggar, spiritually speaking, we were all helpless from the womb. We were born in sin. We were shaped in iniquity and we could not get right with God. But because of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, those of us who have received Jesus as our savior, he has made us right with God. And for you who have yet to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, who have yet to receive him as your Lord and savior, we continue to preach the gospel. So that you can hear of his love, his forgiveness, and his eternal life that he offers to you through his grace and mercy. So my question is for you today. Will you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? And will you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? I promise you, if you choose Jesus, you will learn that he is undeniable. That no matter what the world says, no matter what comes upon your life, his presence, his power, and the preaching of his message cannot be denied. Would you today? Would you today consider Jesus? Oh, I don't know when (laughs) he's coming back, but the Bible declares he's coming back. I'm not a prophet. I'm just a preacher of the gospel. And the Bible teaches us that he's coming back. I wouldn't take a chance in this sin-cursed world to be left behind. Would you today? Would you today? If you believe Jesus is God's only son, 
If you believe that he came to this world and lived a sinless life, if you believe that he, he bled and he died on an old rugged cross, giving his life for you and I, if you believe he was buried in a bar tomb and he erased from the grave on the third day, if you believe that he's alive at the right hand of the father and he's coming back, would you today choose him as your Lord and Savior? He will not deny you, but you'll find he is undeniable. <laughs> he is undeniable. Oh, if you believe and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, just pray with me, would you? Just pray with me. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. For God, you've been patient with me all these years. God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died for my sins. I believe he arose on the third day. I believe he's at your right hand. And God, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Not for my sake, but for your son, Jesus' sake. God, I receive Jesus as my savior. And I ask you, God, to help me walk in this new life, bringing glory to you and magnifying your son. Thank you for saving me. Give me the boldness to share your gospel, share my salvation experience with others as I walk with Jesus. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and you genuinely believe Jesus has forgiven you of your sins and given you a new life, share that with us. It's not something to be kept silent. It's something to be celebrated. And we'd love to celebrate with you as you are walking in a new life. Oh, just in the comments, in, you can inbox us, you can call us, you can text us. Just share with someone that you've been saved. And as we get message of it, we'll celebrate with you. Just as the, hev the angels in heaven are rejoicing today, we want to rejoice with you. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus... As your Lord and Savior, you're, you're yet to receive him. My prayer is that you'll continue to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed. And that soon and very soon, you'll receive him as your Lord and Savior. As the choir closes us out with the song of invitation. Again, if you've received Jesus as your Savior, share it with us and let us celebrate with you. Let us rejoice with you. And Reedy Branch, we just want to say that we love you. We appreciate you more than you realize. And for those of you who continue to support the Lord in obedience to God's word, and you're supporting his work here at Reedy Branch. We want to say thank you. 
We want to say thank you. And we want to remind you upon the authority of God's word that he will bless you. And I pray that God blesses everyone.